Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic DeVister. All right, folks, we got a great show intact for you guys today, as per usual. I've got to talk about March Madness and how crazy it's been. Before we get into all that stuff, Dominic, how are you? I know it's uh, it's a crazy time of year now with uh, school work and all that good stuff going on. So, yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing amazing, William. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Uh, getting ready to finish up school now. Uh, a few more weeks left, so kind of grinding out those uh, those final papers and getting ready for those exams. It'll be nice to be done uh, a little bit in that in that time period where it's uh, you know got a lot of work to do, but it's uh, going to be well worth it once I'm finished. But like I said, Dominic, March Madness has been absolutely madness this year. Four teams that I don't think anybody could have predicted in the Final Four. Florida Atlantic Owls are in the Final Four. You got UConn, who has been great in seasons past but not really relevant over the last uh, you know couple seasons and you got Miami U that's in it and you have San Diego State what a crazy March Madness it's been absolutely this has been by far the craziest March Madness I have ever witnessed when you have the Florida Atlantic Owls I mean <laughs> who could have predicted that whoever did congratulations you probably made a lot of money sure. I personally went bust early on like i'm sure a lot of other people did so yeah good luck to everybody else i'm cheering for the florida atlantic owls all the way yeah that'll be cool like you, know, you got two florida teams in miami u and florida atlantic i'll be happy with those ever able to, to squeeze and get to that uh championship game and potentially win the championship all right let's get to some nfl talk now folks uh, a little bit of a quiet ish week of course Dominic. you know let's jump to the lamar jackson as per usual apparently lamar jackson requested a trade earlier on in the month and uh, look it's been a stalemate between both teams uh you know the baltimore ravens think they're going to be able to get a deal done they're optimistic lamar i don't think he's as optimistic as the Baltimore Ravens are a, a little bit of an ugly situation it hasn't gotten too too uh, I guess you could say aggressive and back and forth just yet but um it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening but the more this goes on Dom the more I think that you know we're going to see Lamar Jackson in another uniform I'm just trying to think where you know I was talking with friends the other day and it's who like there's a few teams that need a quarterback but it's just surprising that we haven't seen Lamar Jackson's name being talked about in terms of teams that are interested, right? We we heard teams instantly, instantly say that they were out, right? They weren't going to try and pursue Lamar Jackson, which is really weird to see uh, for, for a big name like him and even for teams to admit that they're out. A little bit fishy there. But uh, yeah, you know, Lamar looks like he uh, obviously wants more money than the Baltimore Ravens were going to offer him and uh, seems so that he he requested a trade a few weeks ago. So yeah, still the uh, nothing really all that new in the Lamar Jackson trade, except for the fact that for now he's still a Baltimore Raven and uh, that uh, that could uh, continue on for, for the next little while because seems things don't seem to be uh, changing anytime soon, unfortunately, for, for either side. Yeah, I think Lamar, unfortunately picked a time frame that couldn't have been the worst to become a free agent quarterback. You have yourself an NFL draft loaded with prospects and everybody currently has already or either a rookie quarterback on their roster or they're building something fresh and new. And then obviously don't want to invest that heavily for Lamar Jackson. And I don't know what to say really, other than at the end of the day, you know, we talked about all these, athletic quarterbacks in the league right 
Yeah. As they get older, these athletic quarterbacks that tend to run a lot with the football, they get banged up. Therefore, they slow down. Whereas a pocket quarterback typically could last maybe 20 years just standing in that pocket. It's really the new NFL versus the old NFL, meaning that what are the pros and cons of keeping a, a pocket quarterback long-term versus an athletic quarterback who could just run all day long? I don't think Lamar Jackson's career is over by any stretch of the imagination, but mm-hmm. I do see with the salary cap era, clearly teams are willing to go with a younger quarterback with the same attributes as Lamar than going um, you know, with an older vet that could do it like Lamar. So I think at the end of the day, if someone's really smart, they give Lamar a three-year contract, okay? And Lamar's obviously not going to be happy, but maybe if there's a huge signing bonus and you say to Lamar, listen, we're gonna we're willing to take you on, but here are the ramifications. We're gonna draft Anthony Richardson. And then Lamar's gonna be like, What? Yeah, you're gonna basically groom the next Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I think that's basically Lamar's best opportunity to stay relevant in the NFL right now and go and win a Super Bowl with, with a high caliber team. The only team that I could see doing that is the Indianapolis Colts. They have the cap space. They're able to bring Lamar and they're drafting very high in the next year's draft. Are they willing to go and design their new offense around Lamar? I'm not sure, but if you bring in Anthony Richardson, I think the investment makes a lot more sense. Yeah. You know, obviously you can compare the two Dominic, both athletic and both, um, you know, or have like when the football is in their hands are super dynamic I like what you said, you know, interesting points there. And, you know, they're going to potentially keep Lamar under a certain, you know, like, okay, we'll keep you, but right. And, you know, kind of have that, uh, that, you know, I don't see the power they have over him, but, you know, one of, um, one of the things that is going to be important here is just to see how long the situation ends up taking. And, you know, for, for either side, if, if what gets done really progress, because I think that, you know, once you reach a level of progress um, and whether, you know, that's uh, that's agreeing on a contract, agreeing on years, like you said, you said a three year deal just to get something in the right direction is going to be, you know, a, a step forward for both these. Sides. I just don't think right now either side is seeing is seeing eye to eye. And, you know, there are a lot of teams that need a quarterback. And we talk about like the great top five QBs in the NFL right now. Right. And they're great. But. You know, like other than that, like there's there's not really QBs that are quote unquote franchise guys that are sure Hall of Famers that you know have the potential to to bring your team to the promised land. So, you know, Lamar, look, I'll be the first to say I'm not a huge, huge Lamar Jackson fan, but like it's just surprising he's attracted this little attention from teams. And, you know, you talk about the Colts and that's a team that could be interested in uh, going after a guy like Lamar for sure. And like just other teams, Atlanta Falcons, right? How many teams, you know, need a QB now? And uh, I don't know, it's a, a little bit surprising there, but you mentioned a Colts, Dominic. And with that, their name has been uh, tossed around quite a bit in mock drafts just because they have uh, they have a, 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 a pick earlier on in the draft. 
and we've seen uh, mock drafts hold trades. I'm not sure if uh, you've you've looked at uh, any mock drafts as of late, but it's cool. The, the more I look at them, the more you're unsure who that number one pick is going to be. And I looked at a few of them over the weekend, and I'd say about three of them, three of the five I looked at had Bryce Young. Two of the other three end up having C.J. Stroud. There's a, um, the newest one right now released by Eric Eldam, and uh, he has – uh, C.J. Stroud going to the Carolina Panthers at number one. And like you said, Dominic, he has the Indianapolis Colts trading up with the Arizona Cardinals from four to three and getting Anthony Richardson. And that's something that you can see and you say, wow, like, are they really going to trade up that one spot potentially to get a quarterback? But there's so many great quarterbacks in this year's draft that I'm not sure you can afford to potentially let them slide. I know that may be counterintuitive, but if there's, you know, three guys you know that you want, you're not taking a chance on, you know, letting anybody, anybody trade up and getting them. And the Colts, unfortunately, haven't really had that franchise QB I guess you can say since Andrew Luck, but even then, right, his career unfortunately got cut short because of injuries. He ended up retiring. And uh, the the more I look at these mock drafts, Dom, the more you see like top three, four, and even five picks are being quarterbacks taken. So this has, you know, the makings of being an incredible NFL draft coming up this year. And I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I think that CJ Stroud right now will be taken number one. I watched his game tape again. And I was a little concerned about the ball floating. And then I also read that his mechanics with regards to the windup might have been a bit too long, kind of like Byron Leftwich back in the day. It's kind of like a comparison that I can bring, which he had, unfortunately, kind of like a windmill, very long, elongated throw. And what happens is that you just get sacked and the ball gets loose. And there you go. It's because it took too much time to get out. However, after reviewing the tape, I really think Stroud does get the ball out pretty darn quick. And his best attribute, clearly, is throwing precisely off the run. This guy will be number one. I'm almost guaranteeing you all out there that this is what you're going to expect the number one. But after that, this is where it gets really interesting. What will the Houston Texans do at number two? What kind of future does Houston want to bring on? You can bring on a guy that's accurate like Bryce Young, but obviously he's a little bit shorter. You can bring a guy like Anthony Richardson, which is going to be kind of like a Cam Newton-Lamar Jackson hybrid. Or you can bring in Will Levi, who is, by some people's account, the best leader and the best guy that you can bring in to, to bring a culture to an organization. So the only thing is all these quarterbacks, none of them have a really amazing statistics except for Bryce Young. So if you play it safe right now, a lot of people have Bryce Young going number two. Who would you pick, William? If you were the freaking GM of Houston, who would you bring to lead this franchise for the next 10 years? That's a great question, Dom. I'd never say it's a no-doubter, especially because of the quarterback position and you know the amount of quote-unquote busts we've seen over the last few seasons. I'd take Bryce Young. And if I was Carolina at one, I'd take Bryce Young. And of like I've gotten, I don't want to say heat for this. I'm talking about it with a few friends. And of course, the big concern is that, you know, he's he's not the tallest guy. And the concern is that, oh, well, anyone can put up the numbers, you know, he did with the with Alabama Crimson Tide and the guys they have. But, you know, I think that potentially, yes. Did he have the best team? You can make a case that he did. But people forget that CJ Stroud had a heck of a team too. You know, he's he got he had great receivers. The Ohio State Buckeyes always have great receivers. So he was able to um 
you know, compete with his toys as well. I would take Bryce Young because, A, I think that he's the most NFL-ready. Uh, I think he's coached very well, Nick Saban. And, you know, when you come from Alabama, of course, there's the stereotype of Alabama QBs that haven't been successful in the NFL. But I, I just think there's something special about this guy, Dominic. And, you know, the, the more I try and analyze his game and the more I try and justify why I take him number one, the more I see it's just a gut feeling. It's just one of those things you see him. He's special. He was always calm as a cucumber. And there was never a moment at Alabama that seemed too big for him. Look, the NFL is a completely different game. Trust me, I know that. But if Bryce Young does not get taken at number one and I'm Houston, I'm licking my chops and I'm snatching him there at number two for sure. I think that's probably the most astute kind of like direction any franchise could go would be the guaranteed most likely player to be an accurate quarterback yeah. and lead the team uh, with his processing skills, the way that he reads the field. This guy's your safest bet, even more than CJ Stroud. However, I just personally like Stroud's ability to run and gun and his, his delivery is just so like I say, precise, it tends to float a little bit, but boy, it's got so much touch. I just think Bryce Young, at the end of the day, you know, I was really a huge Kyler Murray fan. Yeah. I just don't know whether or not the Kyler Murray effect is having an effect on my perception of how I see Bryce Young, because I was shocked that uh, Murray hasn't been able to deliver in the NFL and I really thought a guy like Drew Brees showed a lot of people that, you know, you could play the quarterback position if you're small. Steve Young did it as well. Now, where does Bryce Young fit in all this? Is he going to be a bit like Kyler Murray, which a lot of people are comparing him to? Or is he going to be more like an in-between? And I just, I have a tough time. These smaller quarterbacks, he's 5'10", 204. Something tells me, you know, some guys could just land on him and injure him. I just, I have a hard time taking Bryce Young at number two. I would actually go, if I'm Houston, Yeah, I would take a chance, a wild card, and I would take Will Levi. Mm. Of course, it would completely disrupt the draft, and a lot of people are like, wow, man, they took Will Levi. His statistics are not even there. But when you're trying to create a culture, and Houston has had zero culture, they're like, who are the Houston Texans? <laughs> Since they've entered the NFL They've been a dud. No excitement, nothing. I think whatever they do in number two, it needs to be a guy. They need to make a splash, someone with a charisma, someone with like the ability to rally a team. And as much as Bryce Young might do that, I think it's still going to be like making people question like we just did, whether or not Bryce Young, well, maybe not you, but I am definitely is the right guy number two. Mm -hmm. I think that it just it's going to draw a bit of ire in a lot of people's eyes, and I think that they're going to be like, great, now we got a dwarf that's in at number two. And <laughs> I, unfortunately, I just don't see it happening for Houston to, to, to sell tickets. People are going to be a bit discouraged. I think Levi just adds that lightning bolt, say, oh, Lee smokes. Who are we taking? We're taking Levi. But <laughs> look at this guy. This guy's got so much panache and i think that if he actually succeeds in year two i would literally sit him the full year just like all the other quarterbacks that i've preached i would sit will levi even if a number two for one year and let's i believe um who's a quarterback currently in houston they brought in uh davis mills no davis mills is currently there but they brought in a guy from minnesota uh why is his name anyways we'll get back to that name a little later in the show 
But what I'm trying to say is that they need somebody to get there and really blow the roof off of Houston and really take charge. And that guy to me is Will Levi. I like it. Great take. Houston definitely needs to find that identity. And uh, starting with the quarterback is definitely not a bad way huh, for your team to uh, to sell some tickets, like you said, and attract those fans. All right, by the, folks, way, we, by yeah. the way, it's Case Keenum. That's who Case is Keenum. probably leading the team next year. Case Keenum. Oh boy, yeah, no, it's uh, safe to say you want to have another quarterback potentially taking snaps under center uh, for the uh, the start of the NFL season. So we've talked about the draft. Let's continue on with the NFL draft coming up in just about, I guess you can say, uh, wow, a month from today. It'll probably be the second day of the NFL draft. Exciting already that time of year a few teams uh you know have a, a lot of pressure on themselves in this draft you got two picks uh for a few teams unfortunately the miami dolphins have zero picks as uh, they got theirs taken away because of tampering issues with tom brady so you know a few teams here dom i was gonna ask you well uh, which teams really need to hit a home run in this year's nfl draft i guess i can start answering the question myself uh, you obviously talk about the Houston Texans. Yes, that's a good pick. For me, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Right now, they sit, let's say if they decide to not uh, trade anybody, trade up. They have the sixth pick in the draft and the 18th pick in the draft. And, you know, we talk about the Lions, and they've been a funny team over the last few years. They've had a heck of an offense production uh, last season, right? There was they putting up the most points in the NFL. However, they're giving up the most points in the NFL as well. And this team is super close to, you know, getting over that hump. We love Dan Campbell. We love what you see there. Jared Goff, when he's on, he's on. And they've been able to do some good things. They lost uh, Jamal Williams in free agency, unfortunately, who was, uh, you know, a big part of that offense and was a touchdown machine for them this past season. But I want to see the Detroit Lions get over the hump and make the playoffs this year and potentially make some noise there. So I think that their picks at 6 and 18 are very critical. Let's say if they decide to stay there and, uh, and you know, stay put and not trade up or trade back. Going to be cool to see what they decide to do right at 6. They decide to take a quarterback if Will Levi is, is available to decide to stay there and, and take him and potentially be a backup to Jared Goff and let him sit for the year, like you mentioned. And then at 18, what do they do there? Do they go offense? Do they go defense? Uh, do they go defensive line? Do they go secondary? It'll be uh, it'll be cool to see. I, I'm curious to see the direction the Detroit Lions are heading in. But, you know, if, if I'm sitting there at six and, you know, any of those top four quarterbacks are available for Detroit, I think I'm taking a chance on them. You know, I chances are Stroud, Young, and Richardson will be taken. That's just my gut feeling. But, uh, you know, if Levi's available there out of Kentucky at six, I think I would take a chance on him. And uh, like I said, then they got the number 18 pick. So I think it's going to be crucial for, for Detroit to uh, to be able to hit a home run here. Look, the Green Bay Packers aren't what they used to be. Chicago's getting better now. Yes, we know Minnesota's always going to be there. But uh, it could be the year for the Detroit Lions to make some noise. And uh, in order to do that, they're going to have to hit on, on both their first-round picks. They need to have a plan and they need to realize really quick what the plan is, is whether or not Jared Goff is a long-term answer yeah. for Detroit. They need to have that established. I think they do honestly think that Goff got there as a, as a filler. I said it last week. I think they draft a quarterback. And if they don't draft a quarterback, I don't think they should stay where they're at. I think they should trade down and get as much draft capital as you can because this team is ready to win now. I looked at the roster recently, and I was actually really impressed. This team is actually 
built to win now. So I think that if they do believe in Goff, and you know he's already building chemistry with Amon Ray St. Brown, and you want to move forward with that, then go for it. You know, just just go for it because all you need, in my opinion, is some linebackers. This is the weakness currently for the Detroit Lions. They really addressed very well the secondary in the in free agency. As a matter of fact, they got one of the best players, in my opinion, in free agency in Choss uh, in uh, Gardner Johnson. Uh, from Philadelphia that yeah. signed a one-year contract. I mean, he was all over the place as a strong safety. This guy is an absolute stud, and he's going to fit in really well with the high draft pick, Jeff Akuda. And then they brought in Cameron Sutton from Pittsburgh, which I, I know a lot about Sutton. I thought that he was a very solid number two DB uh, for any organizations. So this team, secondary, super happy. Area of concern, linebacker. Alex Anzalone, never been a fan. I think this guy can get smoked against the run every single day. They got to find a middle linebacker. It's just right now you wouldn't draft that guy so high. So you would have to trade that draft pick. Who is going to pony up the big dollars to move up? And the only guy that I see, believe it or not, is Baltimore. If Baltimore gets rid of Lamar Jackson, make a trade with Detroit and go get yourself Anthony Richardson. It's basically the same player as Lamar Jackson. You say goodbye to Lamar, you move up in the draft, take Anthony Richardson. You could literally start him, uh, in my opinion, the way that Baltimore's offense is just so predominantly run-based. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not as afraid as an as a quarterback, rookie quarterback coming in and not being the best thrower because you're going to be running the ball almost every single play. Anthony Richardson would fit Baltimore's offense like a glove. You can bank on him right away. He's a huge guy. I think he would be with hardball. We just saw what Lamar Jackson did with him. He, he won MVP. He would make an MVP out of Richardson. That's how I see it. So Detroit's got a lot of opportunity here. You got a huge draft pick. You got Jared Goff. You could continue with Goff and just hope that a guy who I think is going to be a breakup star, Jamison Williams this year, keep an eye on that guy. Yeah. He should be a star. But, you know, you won't get his value as much with the rookie quarterback year one. So if you want to go with the maximum value, stick with Goff, trade down and get yourself some linebackers and make a run at the division first. And who knows how far you can make it in the playoffs. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, this team has been very, very, I guess you can say, uh, well, consistent last year in terms of being able to put up points, but not being able to stop teams. And, like, looking at the the mock drafts now, they have them drafting two offensive players. I would go defense, too, like you said, because they just these guys weren't able to stop anyone. I remember a game against Miami this year when it was just back and forth, back and forth, and the lines were scoring almost that well. But it was like every time Miami needed a big play, they would either go to Waddle or uh, or Tyree Kill, and it was there, or they'd be able to run the football, you know, down the middle and be able to pick up six or seven yards. So definitely it's going to be in an area to address for the Detroit Lions. Look, it's an offensive league now, we know, but if you're giving up 30-plus 30, 30 points a game, 
there's a, there's no offense that's going to be able to to help you on that one. And yeah, they have two picks, so it's going to be big for them. And like we talked about as well, Dom, the Houston Texans have two picks as well. So it'll be curious uh, to see what they decide to do there. They're sitting at number two, and uh, you know, obviously going to be taking a quarterback. There'd be sh- absolute shock if they decide not to. And and then you know, with with their other pick, it'll be cool because I think like they could go. They have a lot of areas to address. So I think you know, with Houston's uh, second pick, they could go uh, in many different ways. Right now, they're sitting. At, uh, at number 12, which is, you know, still a, a very, very good pick. What do you think Houston does at 12, Dom? I know, obviously, we're, uh, we're, we're certain they're going to take a quarterback at number two. There's a mock draft that has them trading, uh, trading up, actually, and getting um, uh, an edge tackle from, from Iowa. Do you think that they're going to go best player available? Do you think there's an area they need to address once they decide to pick up that quarterback? Or do you think it's, uh, you know, kind of really Houston is at 12. They're there. They're sit pretty. And uh, whoever falls into a lot there, they're going to be okay with uh, with taking them as long as it's a good value pick. Well, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive coach. So it'll depend on what kind of offense that he wants to run. Right now, I don't see them being very strong at the right receiver position. They got Robert Woods, uh, Nico Collins. They had a John Mitchie the third that we haven't seen. We'll we'll see yes. what he can do next year. Maybe he could be like a breakout star that we didn't expect. So I would go wide receiver personally. I would say D'Amico Ryan's or a defensive coach. I'm sure you'll figure it out. But on offense, nothing scares me on this offense. So give me the best wide receiver in the draft. And that's pretty much who I would take at number 12. There's a lot of people that like Jackson Smith, Enigma. Yeah. I honestly think that he's a great number two. I think whoever has a number one and you just need a guy as a place filler, this guy is going to be an outstanding number two, but he's not a number one. And would you reach that high? Um, you know, for a guy, you you better be sold on a right receiver that you absolutely love. And that guy could be Quinton Johnson. Quinton Johnson is a great right receiver for play action. You know, if you want to have a guy to jump ball in the end zone, this is your guy. He can create separation. But is he a number one stud right receiver? I don't know. I think that he might be more like, let's just chuck it up. And if I'm drafting a high receiver, I want the guy to be able to be a play action receiver and an amazing route runner. And I don't see a guy right now that has the, the entire package in this year's draft. I see guys with amazing attributes. But the only other guy that I really love is Zay Flowers. But he's a bit small, Zay Flowers. This guy, to me, is a steal. He's going to be a weapon on anybody's football team. Keep an eye on Zay Flowers. But again, I don't know. At number 12, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for... Houston to be really sold on one of the guys that I just said. So I would look for the best weapon. And if they have it figured out and if it's going to fit their scheme, go ahead. But I don't know. I think they're going to be stuck. I think they're going to have to reload probably on defense mm-hmm. in that position. They'll have no choice because the value just won't be there at right receiver for them. Yeah, I think like, you know, you brought up a good point is this team just needs to find identity, right? And they need to spark. And, you know, whether that's, you know, ultimately in, bettering your team instantly or you know just you know kind of bringing some some uh excitement to your squad is super important i think you know this i love my wide receivers and i'm with you don i was gonna say the same thing i like uh smith and jingba from ohio state i think you know he's uh he's the uh the, I don't want to say by farther, but I think he's the, the shoe-in number one wide receiver in this year's NFL draft. So, if yeah, if he's there at 12, I'm definitely taking him if I'm Houston because they just need to put a point. And it's like, 
When's the last time we saw a superstar on this Houston Texans team? Uh, we saw like, right D Hop, like they got rid of D Hop, and then since then, like this team is you know kind of going through the motions, and they brought in this running back, and they had this quarterback, and you know they've tried to get deals done, it hasn't worked out, and Houston is just a team that's kind of been stuck in the mud over the last few seasons, and. The thing is, with this division, it's not the strongest in the NFL. You can make the case it's one of the weakest, if not the weakest in the league. So they have a chance if they're able to, you know, get some quality players now and rebuild over the next, you know, two, three, four years and potentially uh, be uh, be um, a team that's going to win that that division and, uh, and you know, make some noise. If we stick in that division, Dominic, we talk about the, the Tennessee Titans and, uh, you know, they've been a team that's been quiet this offseason. We heard potentially about them deciding to move on from Derrick Henry. You know, obviously they have Ryan Tannehill and stuff. When I think about Tennessee right now, Dom, I, I kind of get the feeling they're going downhill just because they've had their chances over the last few seasons to make a run in the playoff unfortunately it's fallen short and you know Derrick Henry has been the heart and soul of this team and for them to openly say they're looking to to potentially trade him or get rid of him if I'm a huge if I'm a excuse me a Tennessee Titans fan now I'm kind of scratching my head and I don't really know what direction this team is headed in you know they've had these wide receivers they've had over the years that they've you know they've brought in they've dropped obviously losing AJ Brown was huge he had an incredible year with the Eagles this year but it's we talk about a team looking for an identity and we haven't really seen that in Houston. And right now, for sure, you got Derrick Henry, one of the best players in the NFL. But Tennessee right now, they're really not scaring me. And I'm, I'm curious to see what direction they decide to head and if Ryan Tannehill will be the quarterback come the uh, the start of the season. And, you know, you know, you have to know what you have in Malik Willis as well. So, yeah, that division down, there's a lot of question marks. And I think the Tennessee Titans have quite a few questions to answer uh, a few years after being, you know, Super Bowl contenders, right? And you know they um, they were able to, to upset that Baltimore Ravens team a few seasons ago uh, in in Baltimore. But since then, um, this Tennessee Titans team hasn't really had too much to write home about. And I think that uh, this is going to be an interesting season for them. And I know you're a big fan of Ravel, but I think right now it's time for this team to you know put up or, or shut up, as they say. Well, you nailed it at the beginning of your take. I mean, they they had the opportunities, right? It's not like they didn't make it deep in the playoffs. They were there. Uh, they just didn't win, right? So I, at the end of the day, they had the recipe for su- success, which was Derrick Henry. And how much more thread does he have on his tires? I'm going to give Mike Vrabel every benefit of the doubt. I think that he's clearly a Bill Belichick clone. In other words, it's all about the scheme and it's all about the vision that Tennessee has. Unfortunately, I'm having problems seeing what that vision is as well yeah. with you, William. What? Where are they going? The rumors about whether or not Derrick Henry being treated. Uh, I don't know if that was true, but I'm sure it didn't come out of nowhere. And I think that that's probably a legitimate trade rumor that happened. And I was shocked. And that being said, I honestly think right now they're kind of like, what direction are we going to go? And we're going to find out in the draft. It really depends if they show up that offensive line and they get a guy like Paris Johnson. I'm going to say, don't worry about it. A guy like that guy is a game changer. You can literally uh, don't have a a care in the world. Derrick Henry behind Johnson will get a lot of yardage and they'll be able to be in many games all season. If they don't go O-line and they do something fancy, something bizarre, maybe a ride receiver that just might not, you don't think that's going to fit the system because they're not very strong at ride receiver. But then again, they utilize the entire 
organization. You know, like, I mean, like yeah. they got almost a water boy out there catching, <laughs> catching passes. No, I'm serious. It's like the yeah. bizarre names you're going to see a bit kind of like the Giants last year. Two teams that, hey, look at the Giants. They made it in the playoffs with basically no wide receivers because they believe in the system. It's the same thing in Tennessee. They have a system. They got to believe in the system and they got to produce. It goes through Derrick Henry. So you got to draft O-line. And after that, Ryan Tannehill has been a bust. Basically, his entire career, he's a game manager. Can he manage finally his way to the Super Bowl? Probably not. So Tennessee, yes, they are in big trouble. And I don't know how they're going to fix it in this draft. They might need two drafts in order to be relevant again. Uh, But right now, as long as you have Derrick Henry, you just never know. And if I see an O-line guy getting drafted, I'll feel a lot better about Tennessee chances next year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, it's uh, it's definitely like something that you got to keep an eye on there. What's going to happen with him? And uh, and yeah, like they've, you know, like uh, just repeating what I said, and repeating what you said, like they've they've had their chance and it's, it's kind of tough. And I think their window is closing now with, you know, you have these teams, especially in the AFC that are getting better now, uh, like Denver Broncos, like they, they did crap this year and we expected a lot from them. You know, you never know what the Raiders are going to look like now with Jimmy G. Jacksonville. You know, has has shown a lot of signs of promise, and it's like going into next season. You got to figure they're the favorites to win the division. So it's yeah, Tennessee. Like it just unfortunately for them, I think that their window is closing, and I want to see what they do over the next few weeks, and especially in the draft, see if they're able to pick it up there because you know this is a team that it's a big football town, right? And there's a lot of big names that have been to Tennessee. There's a lot of history behind the Tennessee Titans as well. But uh, you know, I just think that it's if they don't do something soon or, you know, a savage this, like this team could be in trouble. I just think like this is a team that's on a bit of a downward spiral that needs a little bit of a, uh, you know, a, a spark or two to, uh, to potentially lift up their, their squad. Do you know there's other teams like that Dominic in the NFL right now that we've seen that have been competitive, but really need like a big season now uh, in order to, to kind of, I don't want to say save their reputation or, or, or save their, their team success over the last few seasons. But is there a team that you're thinking of, Dom, that, that comes to mind right away that, you know, really needs to have a good season this upcoming year in order to kind of keep that fan base, you know, uh, excited, keep them relevant. And, uh, you know, whether that's through the draft, uh, whether that's, you know, through making a few trades or just getting the superstars to compete. What team, Dominic, that, that uh, comes to mind uh, initially do you think, you know, is really going to have to, again, put up or shut up this upcoming season? Every year we talk about this team and we always hope for the best and they always disappoint. And that's the Minnesota Vikings. Mm -hmm. This team for the past, what, almost like five years now with Kirk Cousins. I mean, what were they thinking bringing that guy in? It's literally set them back like almost a decade. And till until he's the quarterback in Minnesota, Minnesota is not going anywhere. So the question is, would they be ballsy enough to move up in this draft and select a quarterback. Keep an eye on Minnesota because I do believe they've had enough of Kirk Cousins, but there's just hasn't been any other options. So we mentioned earlier, would a team like Detroit trade down? I think another team that you have to put in the conversation to trade up would be Minnesota to get a guy like maybe Will Levi. Now, will Levi be in the next Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I guess that's possible. But what if they actually completely changed their identity and drafted a guy like Anthony Richardson, a guy that's mobile, athletic, fast? I think that would be 
a shock to everybody. And I honestly think it would galvanize Minnesota's fan base. Holy smokes, what did we just do? We we picked up a guy like Anthony Richardson. Will Levi would get less traction, but they would still ex- make that organization a lot ex- more excited because they've seen so much disappointment with Kirk Cousins. I Honestly, I'm convinced if I went to, into a Minnesota Viking stadium and interviewed the first five people and asked them, are you a Kirk Cousins fan? They'd be, meh. You know, they haven't seen nothing with that guy. And personally, I can't wait to see them to see that guy as a backup quarterback as soon as possible because I never thought from day one that he was a great number one quarterback in this league. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, the thing is you know what you have with him. It's You're going to get good play. You're going to get solid play. You're not necessarily going to get a guy that's going to put a team on his back and rally. And, of course, statistically, he's been okay and he's been better than expected, which is uh, you know something that you can't argue. Numbers never lie, but at the end of the day, do you really trust Kirk Cousins? And I'm not sure there's a lot of teams that do, or I should say uh, a lot of people that do in the NFL or a lot of fans that do as well. What about Minnesota taking a chance at a guy like Lamar Jackson, Dom? Do you think any chance that happens? You know, you talk about going Anthony Richardson, potentially Will Levi. Is there a chance like this team is in the market for, for Lamar Jackson? It's a good question. I'm looking at the salary cap situation for Minnesota right now. And unfortunately for them, they're dead last. So mm-hmm. there's no chance in hell they can bring a guy like Lamar with his contract demands. Uh, it would just unfortunately require so much salary cap movement. It's just not happening. However, it would have been a fun destination to see Lamar in a dome. I could have seen it, but it's just not happening because of the salary cap. Great call, Don. I think it's uh, obviously salary cap. You've got to be able to factor all that stuff in. I've been uh, putting you on the hot spot over the last few weeks. I'm going to do it now, and I'm going to take a second to think of my own answer. Okay, I think I got it now. Look, I know we talked a lot about Lamar Jackson in this episode, Dominic. I'm curious to know, I guess I'll start with my answer just to buy you a little bit of time. If you were a betting man, Dominic, and I'd be able to get you anything that you wanted, let's say $100 or less, because uh, I'm not the richest man in the world. If Lamar Jackson, you get the team right of where Lamar Jackson will end up heading into next season. And... There's a lot of teams out there where we've seen names. Uh, we're sorry, we've seen teams linked to Lamar over the last little while. So you know what? I'm going to shift it over to you because I don't think I've made my choice yet. But Lamar, like we've seen Atlanta, right? Atlanta, a team being linked to Lamar Jackson. Of course, there's always a chance he sees in Baltimore, right? You know, we've seen like uh, Rogers. Rogers was supposed to be gone over the last few seasons, right, with the Green Bay Packers and. He's still with Green Bay right now. And ultimately, that's something I want to get into because I think I wouldn't be surprised if he stays with the Green Bay Packers. But we've seen a lot of these guys potentially being traded and end up staying home. We know like there's a lot of QB needy teams where I just mentioned the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, there, there could be the Green Bay Packers. Now you never know. There's the Indianapolis Colts. So there's a lot of teams that need this franchise quarterback. And I think that look, as much as Lamar Jackson um, hasn't been as consistent throwing the football as you'd like him to be, there's a lot of quarterbacks he's better than in the NFL, right? There's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, see what you want about Lamar, but he is deserving to be a, a starting quarterback in the NFL for sure. You can make a case he's a top 10 quarterback, maybe even top five, depending how you like your football team uh, to kind of run itself. So I'm going to give you the break, Dominic, to gather your answers and to, to give myself a chance to think of an answer as well. When we come back from the break, I want us to give our picks of where we think Lamar Jackson will be starting in the 2023 upcoming NFL season. 
So, Dom, I gave us a few extra minutes to buy time to answer the question of where we think Lamar Jackson will be heading into the next season. Of course, you could always see Baltimore, chance to get a state in Baltimore. Uh, I picked my team, Dom, but I'll throw it over to you first. Where do you think Lamar's going to play in the 2023 NFL season? Now, this is wishful thinking because yeah. obviously it's going to go contradictory to a recent signing. But somebody, God darn it, needs to call the Atlanta Falcons and they need to wake the frig up. They have an unbelievable opportunity with a great football team, with a good football coach, with a great scheme that would fit Lamar like a glove. Why are Atlanta not pulling the trigger and bringing on Lamar Jackson is beyond me. They drafted Desmond Ritter, and right now he's scheduled to be your number one. He's terrible. I'm sorry. They only invested a third-round pick, and you're going to go into next season with Desmond Ritter. You invested $20 million on a two-year contract for Taylor Heineke. That was the most mind-boggling signing that doesn't fit this scheme whatsoever. Tell me what does Desmond Ritter have in common with Taylor Heineke? Absolutely nothing. Obviously, Lamar Jackson has a lot more in common with Desmond Ritter. Why is Lamar Jackson not signing on this football team? Now, the only thing I'm going to say is potentially that Atlanta's playing the long game and they've been waiting it out and waiting it out and seeing what they can get at the lowest possible cost to, to basically, you know, give them the maximum opportunity. And maybe there's some inside information that we don't know. But if there's a team that absolutely can win, win in the playoffs, obviously win the division, is the Atlanta Falcons. They're, way, they're ready to win now. I think that the pickups that they got with Cal Pitts and Drake London is a formidable, really, really good offense that you can build off from. And they're a running team. We saw what Tyler Aguilar did last year. We saw what Cordero Patterson did a couple of years ago. And last year had a more or less of a down year. But this team's actually really, really decent. And this division is wide open. The Saints with Derek Carr is your biggest threat. Come on, Atlanta. Frig, bring on Lamar Jackson. Don't you want to win and win now? I would bring Lamar Jackson in Atlanta. I would pony up a five-year contract and let it ride. I guarantee you they do a lot better than any other team in that division in within five years, within a five-year span, would Atlanta do if they brought in Lamar Jackson? I love the take. And I think that it would be a good fit. And why not? Right? Why not? Well, you've had Matt Ryan in for the, the last, obviously, excuse me, the last couple of years. But Matt Ryan was your franchise quarterback for a while. Really the, the biggest name as your franchise quarterback over the last few seasons. And look, you don't want us to say it's time there was a, a failure, right? He brought them to the Super Bowl. He won some big playoff games for them. And, you know, he was big. Like, he, it's not easy to get to the Super Bowl, right? People forget, like, of course, he choked in the Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. But there was still um, a, a special aura about him and Julio Jones that season that he was able to to upkeep and maintain. And that was special. But he's not there anymore, right? And you let him go. And now, like you said, you have these two guys that you know can they really be franchise players look you already know what you have in Heineke I, I like Heineke he's a solid backup and you know 
I, I think that's it. He, he can be a quarterback. He can win you a few games when your starting quarterback gets injured or is in the slump. But, you know, I think that's about the extent of it for Taylor Heineke. Desmond Ritter, you're not exactly sure what you have in him, but in the few games we've seen, he hasn't looked great. Not a huge fan. you got to, you know, potentially give him more reps and see. So, yes, if you're Atlanta, why not pull the trigger? But that's the question, Dom, right, is there has to be a reason why this deal hasn't gotten done because he's probably been linked to Atlanta more than he's been linked to any other team. And my concern with that is I think if there was a deal yet to be done with between, between Lamar and the Falcons, it would have already been done. So while I think that's a great fit, I'm not so sure. But I do think that it would be good for both sides. My pick is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. Look, we t- I talked about it earlier. I talked about Andrew Luck and just the fact that this team hasn't had that solid quarterback for the last few seasons, right? They've gone through court, they've gone through Nick Foles, and then you have this guy, and then you have that guy, and it's like you you brought Matt, Matty Eisen, and it's you know you're trying to find this identity to your franchise after losing you know what was going to be a sure pick and Andrew Luck was the surest pick you know really even more of a quote-unquote sure pick than Trevor Lawrence was going to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars and it didn't work out right now you're the Colts and similar to Lamar Jackson and that division there in the NFC South this division is wide open too right Jacksonville okay they're great but you know they they have their flaws, right? Jacksonville's good. They have their flaws. Then you have the Tennessee Titans that we talked about, Dominic. And then you have the Houston Texans that are the worst team in football. So if you're able to bring in a guy like Lamar Jackson and pair him up with a running back like Jonathan Taylor, and that doesn't mean that this team has to be run first. They could run the ball just as much as they did before. But then you talk about, you know, you're big on the play action, Dom. You Then you have... You know, guys on on uh, the receiving end, Michael Pittman Jr. that can make a play on that team, right? You have guys that can go up, that could fight for the football. They have a good offensive line. They have a solid defense. They have, you know, a, they're fairly well coached. So, if you're the Colts, look. Of course, you can stay at number four. You can and, and ch- take a quarterback. You can trade up to number three, take a quarterback. Lamar Jackson isn't obviously a bad quarterback, people, and I think that we know it. And I could just see something about the fit there with Lamar Jackson staying in the AFC, being you know the the hottest ticket right now in that division in the AFC South, and that division is up for grabs. So you know what? If you're the Indianapolis Colts, why not take a swing? And, you know, I could see him having success with the with the Colts. I could see Lamar Jackson really putting up numbers and potentially turning this franchise around. I really could. Yeah, I mean, they don't have much other than Gardner Minshew right now. And uh, as you mentioned, Nick Foles. So Lamar behind Jonathan Taylor definitely would do a lot of damage. It's whether or not that offensive line can reproduce the magic that they had two years ago. Because last year... I don't know if they drank uh, too much Kool-Aid or something, but that offensive line was not as good. And I was kind of shocked. I think a lot of other people were as well. And as for that defense, obviously Leonard is an amazing middle linebacker. He was really banged up last year. And uh, they lost Okariki. So it's going to be interesting to see how that defense uh, bounces back. I know they got DeForest Buckner, but I think that having a strong defense would provide a guy like Lamar Again, familiarity with uh, Baltimore always having a pretty decent defense and providing Lamar ample opportunity because that's what he needs, right? He needs ample opportunity because of his specific skill sets. I'm sure like a running back, these guys set up runs, right? And you need those repetitions in order to set up fakes and runs that uh, people won't expect. So I think I agree with you. Indianapolis is definitely a great landing spot. But I just don't know, man. That owner 
is just bizarre. <laughs> uh, he's been bringing, you mentioned other quarterbacks that he brought. We forgot about Phillip Rivers. You know, he's True. just a guy that's going to take chances, but now I don't know if he's willing to take a chance on Lamar. I doubt it. I think that the only way is if he hedges bets, and that's what I explained on the top of the show. If he hedges his bet and brings in a guy like uh, Anthony Richardson at the number four draft pick and really gets Lamar to groom Richardson, I think that's an amazing recipe for success, and it would pay dividend long-term. Short-term, you know, I don't know uh, whether Lamar can produce uh, as good as he did in Baltimore with Indy, but it definitely would be worth the investment by hedging your bet and tackling on an extra quarterback in a young Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And, you know, well said, Dom, I exactly. I think there's, you know, many ways you can go. And I think if you're, if you're the coach, you know, why not take a swing? Because Jim Irsay has taken swings before guys like Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers. So, you know, just, uh, just kind of one of those things. And especially now that you're not settled on a quarterback and, you know, we know the Colts do not have a franchise QB now. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I did not think this Lamar Jackson situation was going to go as long as it did, but it has. And, uh, now we're going to, uh, anxiously wait to see where Lamar is going to be, uh, is going to be in 2023. Very good chance. He's with the Baltimore Ravens. You know, we've seen stories like this happen and, you know, a deal ends up getting done with the, with both teams, both teams kind of meeting in the middle. We talked about the draft and uh, and a name that um, I've been hearing a lot more over. You could tell me, uh, you know, what you think about this guy, Dominic, or, or names you feel that have really been uh, kind of up and coming. Obviously, there's, you know, Anthony Richardson, you know, like number one, like this guy a few months ago, like no one talked about him. And now he's potentially going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Uh, for me, it's Bajon Robinson running back out of Texas. This guy's been picking up a lot of steam over the course of the combine and everything. And, you know, there's a mock draft today coming out that the Cowboys would trade up for him. And look, he played with Texas, a big, strong running back, a guy that's fun. Uh, I would say the best running back in this NFL draft. And, you know, there's always the rule of, you know, don't take a running back in the first round. I think it could be an exception with this guy. But Robinson is a name that I've been hearing a lot more uh, over the course of the last few weeks. And the names are picking up a lot of steam. And I think that's that adds a lot of value uh, for, for him and especially for teams looking to get him. Because I think that now... I'd be very surprised to see him escape the first round without being drafted just because of how much his name has been bounced around over uh, over the course of the combine and everything he's able to do. And he's a special, special running back coming out of Texas. So I think, yeah, Robinson, a name, keep an eye on for the draft. He could be taken early on. Don't be surprised if teams trade up to get him. But yeah, like I said, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get drafted in the first round. Oh, he will get drafted in the first round. I can guarantee you that. And I, I'm looking at a team right now, and it's probably not going to happen. But I have to say that if a team needed an injection in offense, it would help that franchise tremendously and put a lot of pressure off their quarterback, is the Arizona Cardinals at number three. I would draft Robinson. I honestly oh, wow. think he is the jewel of this draft in terms of an offensive weapon that's going to produce immediately arizona needs to stay relevant needs to stay competitive and obviously needs to freaking have a way to take off pressure off murray why not bring robinson in he would blow arizona's roof off on a game basis this guy is by far the best running back in the draft whoever ends up with this guy 
is going to be really legit next year. He changes everyone's offense and he provides that extra element that we've been talking about that's been disappearing in the NFL, which is the run game. Trust me, he will revive the run game the same way Derrick Henry did. I think that this guy will be the real deal in the NFL. Boy, if there's one team that needs a spark, it's the Arizona Cardinals. This team has been as flat as a pancake in terms of expectations uh, just in the last few years. Kyler Murray, what's happening there? You know, Kingsbury, obviously, this offseason, designed to to hit the road. D-Hop, is D-Hop going to stay with the Cardinals? Is he not? We've heard teams interested in him. And, man, talk about providing a spark for your franchise, Dom. At number three, taking a running back, the Arizona Cardinals. Look, I was never a guy that believed in you can't take a running back early on and you can't take a running back in the first round. So, you know, we've seen crazy things happen in the NFL, and he could be kind of that potentially David Johnson for this team that uh, that was a stud there with the Cardinals for, for so many years. And, you know, unfortunately, and he just wasn't able to, to put together uh, a full season and where he was able to take this team to the promised land. But yeah, Dom, I think the theme of the show has been teams that need a spark, right? From from the Houston Texans to to other to the Indianapolis Colts I just mentioned. The Arizona Cardinals, it's this team is at crossroads and it's very I guess puzzling to try and figure out where this team is at. Like if I ask you where the Cardinals are right now, Dom, like, like how do you answer that question? I don't know if you can. It's all about Kyler Murray, and they have so much invested in this guy. You got to give him some breathing room. It's not a stretch to think that this is going to happen. It really is not. I love James Conner, but, man, I would take Robinson like nine times out of ten over James Conner, if not ten times out of ten. He is that special. He would galvanize that offense, and I think he would actually maybe even make DeAndre Hopkins question whether or not he wants to be traded because, trust me, He's a game changer, and Arizona needs that desperately. Do they ever? D-Hop, we have about uh, just over a minute left. Do you think D-Hop will be traded, or will he be staying with the Arizona Cardinals? Uh, he wants to win now. Like He wants to win absolutely now. And, and I don't blame him. Anybody yeah. who's getting older in age as a wide receiver, they know they only have X amount of more years left. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins has been an absolute stud on the field. A bit of a, you know... Uh, questionable character off the field to put it lightly. I think that if he can get that uh, kind of like under control, anybody who gets this guy is getting a monster of a wide receiver. I know he had performance enhancing drugs issues, uh, whether or not to what extent I'm, I'm an investigator. I don't know, but that's always a big block eye for any career. Uh, forget about that for now. Got to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. D-Hop, from what I saw last year, was a nightmare for any DB, and he's able to produce at a high level. So I hope he stays for in Arizona for their fan base, but keep an eye on where this guy lands. That team will have a huge stud that's going to be a difference maker. Oof, 100%. I just think that we haven't talked about this guy enough and we've kind of seemed to, to forget about him just because of the off-the-field issues and Arizona not being relevant. I think he stays in Arizona. I think if you're Arizona, you've got to do your best to keep him. Theme of the show. Sorry? They have to. Yeah, 100%. Look, the theme theme of the show today was having an identity. And I think when you have D-Hop, it's, it's a big identity. And, you know, you want uh, you want to give Kyler Murray ample opportunity to succeed. And uh, if you take away his number one weapon, I think it's going to be tough for those Cardinals. 
All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the show. Enjoy March Madness, all right? As uh, when you hear our voices next week, the tournament will be done. I can't believe it. Monday, it was this Saturday is the final four. Monday, you'll have your championship matchup set. Enjoy the madness coming to an end. And free agency, still got a lot of names out there, a lot of trades that could happen. So a lot of good stuff still to come in the NFL. All right, folks, we'll be back same place, same time next week. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO, 1690 AM in Montreal.